Welcome back to Audio Drama Sunday Theater. This is George Saroy. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for taking part in this brand new show that is part of the Once Upon a Podcast Network. I have a little bit of an announcement to make, and then we will jump into this week's episode. For those of you who listen to the main show that I do, Excelsior Journeys, the weekly interview show, quick announcement that starting November 1st and going all the way through November 30th, Excelsior Journeys will be going daily. That's right. All 30 days of November will be a new episode, a mini episode, but still an episode of the Excelsior Journeys podcast. And this is not only my contribution to the National Podcast Post-Month Challenge, but it's also my contribution to National Novel Writing Month and a means of keeping me up to date on all of my daily goals. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I look forward to hearing your feedback as I go through this, through this upcoming month. And also starting November 1st from duck till dark outside the Marvel studios will be posted on social media as an official addition to the once upon a podcast network. So I really hope you guys are able to take a listen back to that show and really enjoy that string of 37 episodes i have a feeling that we have not seen the last of from duck till dark outside the marvel studios especially now that it's joined the once upon a podcast network for those of you who have been listening to this show you know that this month's main event was episode one of the series liars and leeches and as you, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I had so much fun listening to this, and it really brought me back to not only not only the old school uh, radio dramas, but also like uh, something very, uh, very primal about just kind of sitting around the campfire and telling these amazing stories. And whenever the sound effects kick in, and whenever the dialogue kicks in with the with all these different characters, it just sounds like the story itself is just kind of taking over. And it was so much fun to listen to. And I was so looking forward to this episode where I get to not only chat with the real creative force behind this, Marissa Ewing, but also with Melissa Ponce and to talk about how she was able to create that amazing sound design. So without further ado, may I introduce my guests for this week, Marissa Ewing and Melissa Ponce. How are you both doing today? Doing good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's really nice. Thank you. Thank you so much for for being here. So this is a brand new show that I'm doing. This is only the second month that Audio Drama Sunday Theater has been in existence. And I am really excited about this because this is a real sign that, that this show can really go somewhere. When I have such creative talents as yourselves, getting involved in it. And allowing me to play episode one on this feed and hopefully coerce the listeners here to listen to the rest of the show. So for starters, let's remind every, everyone how many episodes there are in this series in the first place. So at the moment, there are currently 10 episodes altogether. They're about four hours long. Currently, we're working on the script for season two, but right now there are just 10 episodes from season one available. Nice. So so this is going to be an ongoing series then? Yeah, hopefully. Ideally, I'd like to see there being three seasons, but I'm going to focus on the second one for now and see where it goes from there. Nice. And, And is this going to be sort of like an anthology sort of thing where there's 
one season for one type of story and then it goes into a different type of story for season two and so on? I wouldn't say an anthology necessarily. (laughs) Without getting too spoilery, I'm hoping to have a different type of villain for each season or different antagonist, but Mm -hmm. it's still going to be focused on the same main characters, especially Tanya. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And, and Melissa, do you already have, are you going to be able to just kind of use the archives that you already have already for, for the second season? Or do you think that this is going to give some opportunities to create some new sounds? What are your thoughts about everything? Yeah, to create some some new things for sure, especially if we're going to have new villains and new characters. I mean, that always comes with a, a new form of uh, creation. I like to follow the sound into uh, in a very emotional basis. But I think if the spaces are common, of course, I think we're going to use similar, maybe with some upgrading or, or, or improving some things. But I think things like underscore and some sort of environments and feelings like really strong, it's very based on very strong emotions. I mm-hmm. think those will still serve as a base. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to maybe just touch some things here and there, but we'll see what kind of inspiration the the, the season two will bring also. Nice. Have you gotten to read any of the scripts so far? No, no the, the scripts are definitely still in progress. I think the stories at this point have mostly been fleshed out, but the way we worked on season one is I'm pretty decent at making stories, but not very good at writing dialogue. So at this point, I'm hoping to finish the story within the next couple of months and then pass it off to the script writer who will make the actual script. Excellent. Excellent. So, so you're the one that's basically just coming up with the basic story elements and then you're working with someone else to really kind of flesh it out into a screenplay form? Yeah, pretty much. I basically have created bulleted lists of each episode, the the beats that I want to hit, everything like that. So I pretty much create everything with the story, but then our scriptwriter, KJ Scott, will go through and create that into the fully fleshed out script. Nice, nice. And when they put together each scene, like how how is the whole process put 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 together? So you flesh it out, you put it down into bulleted formats, you hand it off to... The, the screenwriter and does the screenwriter keep on like sending you scenes as they go or do they wait until the full version is finished and then send it to you so for season one they would basically do one episode at a time they'd create a draft and then send it my way i would review it give them notes and then they'd send me kind of a finished at that point draft. And then what we did for this particular season, I would then send that version to Melissa and we would kind of go through together and figure out if there were any points where things the narrator says might be redundant because we're using sound effects or we might need the narrator to add some clarity, Mm -hmm. things like that. So basically there's a few different rounds of revisions. The first one is mostly just through KJ. And then the second one is with Melissa coming in and offering input in terms of the sound design there. So we wanted to really focus on having the sound design as well as the composer to Nico. He was on the project too before the scripts were done and getting their input helped flesh out the script fully. So it was kind of a (coughs) four person project or uh, process. Nice. So, so it sounds like a, a real good, like collaborative spirit that you got going on here. Yeah, I think so. That's, I'm sure Melissa can speak to this more, but both of us have an audio background where, 
it's not super common for us to be brought in on pre-production and there are mm -hmm. times where it's like oh we wish that we'd been here because we could have suggested this or that during the recording phase so i kind of wanted to give that opportunity with us both having an audio background to kind of get our hands on it first and really dig into the script before we started recording and i think that actually saved a lot of time because there were so many things that mosa pointed out that were just small things that needed recorded that i think it saved time both on the recording process on the and on the editing process just kind of getting them out in one recording session versus having to do lots of pickups later down the line. Mm -hmm. well, that's great. That That is, that sounds like so much fun too. Like the real good, like that, that feeling of really putting something together, working together on, on this as a team, everyone really kind of bringing their own, their own gifts to the, to the project. What were, what were your thoughts? Like when, when this whole thing started coming together, when you realized like the sort of talent that you had with you? I, I think it was a, kind of a pleasant surprise in a way, because this was the first time that I'd ever created anything like this where I was telling an original story, especially Melissa and I, we've worked together a lot on a few other audio dramas before. So I, I knew that the sound design was going to sound really good, but I was more nervous about working with all the different actors and directing them. Mm. And I think that, we kind of really hit the jackpot on how collaborative people were and just like everyone that's worked on this podcast has been um, really great. So it definitely seeing it come together so well, especially being like, first of its kind, me telling a story like this was, it was really nice. Excellent. Excellent. So tell us, how did this, how did this story come together in the first place? Like that's, it's a really Really cool, very atmospheric type of story. Like I said, it sounds like something that that a group of people would just kind of like tell each other around a campfire. I guess that that's kind of a, a long a long story of how it came to be. I I think that I got really into audio dramas as a storytelling medium shortly before the pandemic. I know both Melissa and I don't live in kind of major entertainment cities, so I really wanted to like focus on being able to tell a story cohesively, but also by having people kind of scattered all over the globe. So audio drama seemed like kind of the best format to do that and being able to give opportunities to people to participate. I think we had people in five or six different countries through this wow. production. So that's why I chose the audio drama format itself. The story itself kind of came from my personal love of horror and using it to kind of express difficult conversations or topics. And I, as an American, I think gun violence is something that's like pretty prominent in a lot of Americans' minds. So I figured that using supernatural horror as a way to kind of express kind of what it's like living here was kind mm -hmm. of the main factor of why I decided to tell this story. Nice. Nice. And when you put together your main character, what was what were the thoughts about like really kind of getting that character really kind of nailed down and what was what was the sense of like getting that that the correct actress to bring her to life? Yeah, I think in terms of creating Tanya as a character, I wanted to create someone that kind of went through this horrific trauma of losing her sister and brother-in-law and kind of was able to encapsulate how difficult it is to process grief and anxiety mm -hmm. around it 
And I think specifically with choosing the actress, I think finding an actress for Tanya was probably one of the hardest to cast for just because like she was such a very specific character. And I think Kendall specifically just really helped encapsulate like Tanya has a very cheery personality that's kind of been muted during most of the series because of what happened to her. And Mm. I feel like that was the hardest part to nail down like this muted cheery personality. And I feel like Kendall really was able to bring that to life in a pretty incredible way. It's almost like walking a tightrope, really. Just like you have to, you can't have them be cheery, but you can't have them be like sullen either. There's got to be like this towing the line. And the way you said it too, is just like almost like repressed kind of joyfulness. Mm-hmm. And her trying to, at least in the first few episodes, kind of getting back to normal um, and realizing how difficult moving on would be even outside of the kind of super supernatural element of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And Melissa, when you got the script and you were given this opportunity to create these these sort of sounds that go with it and really distinctive, very, very powerful sounds that went, that went into this, a really great feel to this, to this overall project. What were your thoughts when you were putting it together? Did you feel like it was going to be overwhelming or, or was this something that you knew you could just kind of dive into? Thank you for, yeah, thank you for your words. It's, it's really nice to hear this kind of feedback. I feel sometimes even with audio drama where it leaves out of sound, sometimes people are like, great story. And then the sound design part is still kind of not uh, directly perceptive percepted in in people's or or realizing people's perception i'm speaking about in general not uh, on this specific podcast and regarding the the marisa knows i'm I'm very ritualistic when it comes to script reading for me and i I do like analyzes i learned to do some script analyze analyzing some years ago and i was reading the power of sound design by david I forgot, uh, David Sonnenheim, I think that's how I would say his name. It's a really wonderful book for anyone into sound design. I think most people would know, if not, it's a must. That really shows and, and, and picks everything that you can connect to in a script, from the emotional part to the physical spaces, to, to the bodies of uh, how people, the bodies of the characters relate to space. And so I really go into this process where I really have to shut down everything. I need to have it printed because it doesn't really work for me doing on a on a screen with color coding, like with the pencils, with colors, because I associate emotions to colors, not in a synesthetic way, I think, but just like there's something to me that speaks very directly in this in this kind of things which is then also a bit how I label the colors on the session <laughs> afterwards, the tracks and so on. <laughs> yeah. And the guidance for me, it really is emotion. Mm. So that weights a lot more than, than a specific house or, or a specific physical space. So even a house that is inhabited in this case, this, this house is um, the, the main, I don't want to spoil it much, but the house where a lot of things take, take place in this season one, it's, it's, I feel it's very symbolic of the grief and, and everything that uh, is happening in, in the main character, the internal space also. So 
those physical spaces also become a reflection of the emotional ongoing process of also the, the characters. And it can also progress. It doesn't mean that it sounds exactly the same throughout the whole show. N not mm -hmm. that it's like, it's still the same space, but there's some elements that are, that are, are possible to change. And also for this show, I, I specifically, I read some stuff about Victorian myths around death, which are really mm -hmm. creepy and dark, <laughs> and to understand what elements it could be used or where I could draw inspiration from. I think it's really interesting to, I mean, it's not a Victorian er era, but but when we, we discussed a bit about the show, the main character is living in this place, there's like a Victorian kind of house. So I'm like, yeah, let's let's go here. And then I was like, whoa, so much stuff about that. This is so creepy, you know? And <laughs> since it was coming into, because it was everything kind of paranormal, uh, you know, kind of on the field. And then, yeah, analyzing a lot of these things. And as Marisa was saying earlier, also understanding what could be refined or worked or sometimes omitted from the, from the initial script. And also try to understand what kind of performance the actors could just some performative parts that sometimes they could have that will help fit the narrative because in audio drama it's I feel that if you have I also worked in series in cinema before so I feel that when you have a, the visual piece mm -hmm. it, the sound can sometimes occur into some more occur into some more fragilities if you know what I mean uh, mm -hmm. because we are glued to the visual part and with audio drama that is very exposed you know it really risks a big ex, you know, exposing of this so it's it was really nice process that we had this like here the actor could be you know either a body position that would be more appropriated for for the scene or for the space or for the emotional part so there was also that component which i mean it was really great so yeah i think everyone should bring their sound designers as early as possible <laughs> mm -hmm. yes yeah i i can definitely attest to that because when yeah. i was putting together my own audio drama and we we had our cast, we had everything assembled and everything, and then it became a matter of like, okay, who's how are we going to do the sounds for all of this? And we had a couple of people from the cast actually volunteering to put together a sound library, and they were amazing. But at the mm -hmm. same time, it was just like, this would have been so much easier if we had gotten everyone to commit to doing that part of it so much earlier on in the whole thing, or even just... Even just, you know, like having someone on hand to, to, that I can just hand the script to once it was all finished before even doing the auditions and just saying like, here, let's let's get started on this. Because I remember just going through it when I was when I want to be in the one to actually do the sound operating mm -hmm. while the show was going on, because we did a live reading of it on Clubhouse. And so as I'm going through it, I'm just like, who's the asshole who came up with all these different sound cues? Oh, that was me. That's right. So, <laughs> so it was. So, yeah, I can I can definitely uh, agree with you, Melissa. You got to get the sound designer and sound people like sound operator, whoever. Get them mm -hmm. on your project as early as possible because you're mm -hmm. only going to make things easier for yourself by doing so. Mm -hmm. More cohesion also, I think, in the project. I think so. Yeah, having everyone on board just at the same time and kind of being on track from day one. Yeah. It just, it, it made everyone, I think, feel more like a unit, like you said, Melissa, and it just helped things run so much more smoothly. So I think in the future, whether it's Liars and Leeches or in any other show, like I'm always going to be bringing on, like, I guess, kind of post-production people before the yeah. scripts are completely finalized. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's you're only going to make your show better by doing mm -hmm. so. So why not? Why not, you know, get, get everyone on board? Cause I mean, 
you you as a writer and everything that this is a it's a solitary job when it's just you and whatever you have like whether it's your paper or the screen or whatever and the more people you can bring on earlier in in on the project the better it just makes it feel like it's a more collaborative piece which is what this whole thing is Mm -hmm. and especially with the script too just having two people besides myself kind of giving input on it throughout there were just so many like little things that we changed that I think made the story a lot more cohesive. And I think if I'd just mm-hmm. written it solo, gotten the actors and been like, all right, we're definitely doing it this way. It, it wouldn't have sounded um, as good as the final product was. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned before the, the actress c- coming on board and really getting that sort of feeling that you were, you were trying to evoke. What was it like with the composer? Mm. So bringing on the composer, he goes by the stage name, We Talk of Dreams, but his name is his first name is Nico. We had done some work together before, actually. And it's it's kind of common to do this in audio drama where you kind of barter. So basically, mm-hmm. we did sound design for a show that he created in exchange for music for this show. Yes. So he, yeah, he was actually one of the first people to be brought on. So we'd been talking to him kind of while the scripts are still being finalized as well, mostly talking about, he kind of creates in a way where I mostly talked about themes and moods Mm -hmm. and he was able to give me a few different sketch ideas. And then I could basically just pick which ones felt like they matched the scenes the most. And I think that was kind of a interesting process. I I've done some composition, but definitely um, like dialogue editing and sound design is more in my wheelhouse. So it yeah. was it was nice being able to work on those different options and then giving him kind of the time to create instead of sort of rushing him through at the end. So I, I'm pretty sure that we brought him on maybe a year or a year and a half before the episode started coming out. So, yeah, it, it was nice to be able to give him that time to work on it and think and ask questions. And I think this whole process of creating this show took... Um, I want to say it was about two and a half years from when I first got the idea. And I think just like giving people like time to breathe and create helped a lot. So it'll probably be a while before season two comes out for the same reason, but yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got the green light from my producer to, to, to put together part two of my audio drama. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's fantastic. The only thing is it's a bigger story and I have other stuff I have to work on first if I want to see like that, that's get that one going. So that's definitely something that will come in the future. But for now, it's it's I'm perfectly happy with just that first one being out there as an audio drama. It's one of the best things I've ever created. So what are your overall thoughts about the audio drama in general and how it's really made a comeback in recent years? Thanks to podcasting. I I personally think that it's been really great. It's been interesting seeing like this type of accessible media because for example with Liars and Leeches having a supernatural component, we had 20 voice actors, I guess 21 if you include the line that I gave myself, but <laughs> trying to make this as a film would have been impossible like just from a, a financial standpoint and also just from how spread out the casting crew was. Yeah. So I think it's really great that people are being able to create and tell these stories without having access to like 
significant amounts of capital. So I think mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons that it's been making a comeback. And especially I started working on audio dramas, I want to say maybe a year before the pandemic, but I think with people kind of being stuck at home, they've really had this extra time to kind of find creative voices. And I think that audio drama is just going to continue going from there with people realizing that they can tell these really rich stories, but without having to be all in the same place and have significant capital. So I think it's great that audio drama is kind of having this revival and I hope that it continues. Yeah, me too. M Melissa, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, same. And I also, besides that, I think it's, you know, with all respect to film and TV series and everything, they brought me and I think they brought a lot of people so, so much, you know, so, so much good things. But I, I think audio drama is, is like something that is a bit like go back and read books, you know, mm -hmm. where you don't really have everything in your face and in your ears. And like there's space for our minds to also work over that, to recreate something on, on that, that we are listening or, or reading in literature. And I feel that films, I actually, I, I stopped watching films, you know, for one year or something, even TV shows, because I was tired of like getting all the information that's when I returned a bit to reading more. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I think audio drama, like it's, it's, uh, it has the power maybe to bring something like that back. It's not the same as books, of course, but, but it's, it, it is good. And it's also, I, I, my hope also is that it creates more of a culture of, of more attentive listening, you know, that in turn will also maybe be like an incentive for people that like to work with sound to be even more conscious or, or more active, more creative around, around the sound, because, you know, as I was saying before, it can be more fragile. It has more runs that risk a little bit more. So we need to think a lot harder and how to recreate some some things. And I, yeah, maybe that will bring also this appreciation finally for sound. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, where can where can my listeners find you both on social media? Oh boy, I have a few different ones. I think I'm most active on Blue Sky and mm -hmm. still a little bit on Twitter slash X and mm -hmm. Tumblr. I think my names on all of those are either Sassy Composer or The Sassy Composer. And then for Liars and Leeches and my production company, Hemlock Creek, if you go to Hemlock Creek Prod, that's P-R-O-D.com, it has links to all the social media for both Hemlock Creek and Liars and Leeches on there. Excellent. Melissa? I'm on Twitter, also recently joined Blue Sky, but sometimes I forget because it's very recent. <laughs> and my, my handle is LisaPons1. I'm also on Bandcamp, LisaPons, and what else? My, my website is also Melissa, melissapons.com. Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Both of you have really created something really special with this. From, from what I heard of, of Liars and Leeches, I was enraptured for the, throughout the story. I am really excited to hear the rest of it, and I hope that everyone else is as well. Now, to listen to the full season, they would go to hemlockcreekprod.com as well? Yeah, actually, you could go to um, liarsandleeches.com. There's a link to that website from the Hemlock Creek website, but you can listen directly on the website or there are links to the various Spotify players. Also, next week, we're going to be uploading an alternate version of Liars and Leeches to Bandcamp. It's going to have, I guess the best way to describe it is director's commentary from me, Melissa, and our script writer, 
um, KJ. So if people want to purchase it through Bandcamp, they'll be able to do that and also read along with our commentary. Oh, that's great. That's great. So so when you say read along with the commentary, does that mean just there's going to be text coming up on the screen or is it going to be from just all three of you just kind of speaking? It'll be all three of us. It will be written PDF commentary. I know that usually with director's commentary, people will talk while the media is playing, but I felt like that would get overwhelming for an audio drama. So there will Mm -hmm. be um, PDFs of the scripts with our comments on them. Excellent. Excellent. That's a great way to do it. And what you're what you're doing again, it's a it's a great way to keep this amazing format going. And so that is definitely something worth celebrating. And it's something that I am really glad that I got to showcase for October for the month of Halloween. I wanted to tell us get a spooky uh, story out there. Mm -hmm. And you definitely delivered. So thank you both for your participation in this. Thank you for allowing me to put up episode one here on audio drama Sunday theater. And I look forward to hearing from all of you when I release the next episode of audio drama Sunday theater, which will be the next episode that will be showcased this next audio drama that will be showcased. And just as a reminder, audio drama Sunday theater will be uploaded and ready for listening on the second and fourth Sundays each month. So I hope you're listening. I hope you really enjoyed Liars and Leeches. I hope you enjoyed Excelsior in September. And I really look forward to your thoughts when I release the November episode. So for Marissa and Melissa, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, Ever Upward, and I will see you next month. 